Macworld Podcast number 395 for February 19th, 2014. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn Apple software, the latest technologies, creative skills, and more from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com slash Macworld. Hi, I'm Chris Breen, and, uh, and with me today is... Hi, uh, Dan Warren. <laughs> oh, yeah. I took him by surprise. Are we on a podcast? I, uh, yeah, I, we're on a podcast. Because oh, okay. we're kind of exploring this uh, this new couple of people talking format. Yeah, well, I, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready to talk. Let's let's talk. All right, let's talk. How are things? Good. <laughs> Thanks. I hear it's snowing there. It is. It is. It's snowing, as I said, for a change. Um, just to keep things interesting around here, we've decided to substitute our uh, somewhat small amounts of snow with more snow and and i think it's it's working out well good it's working out well it's very good cold. good yeah uh typically here in california it's beautiful again um although the entire state's going to be on fire in about four months so yeah i hear you guys don't have water if we could just somehow come with a way to melt the snow we have and ship it to you guys efficiently i feel like we could solve a lot of problems yeah no we would, we would certainly enjoy that here because uh yeah it's dry it's really dry mm. Um, speaking of dry and uh, in this conversation, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about something other than the weather. Um, so something caught my eye, um, I think everybody's eye, is that uh, stupid, let's file this under stupid Apple rumor. You may have a different take. but um, That's about 90% of what I read on the internet, so <laughs> right. it seems reasonable to me. So there's this notion that going around that Apple is interested in purchasing Tesla. Mm-hmm. You have any background on that? Well, I, apparently it's because they were talking to Tesla, um, or so. So the rumor has it. Um, I I I don't know. So I guess this is from a Chronicle uh, SF Chronicle report saying that the uh, head of mergers and acquisitions at Apple had been spotted, or someone reported him talking to uh, Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, and suggesting that. Uh, there might be a deal in the offing there. I, I everybody, of course, then jumps the idea of like Apple making a car, which is patently ridiculous. Um, I, it just doesn't. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I, I think that the the likely story here for me, anyways, I don't know about you, but for me, is this whole like Apple working on the whole iOS and car integration thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Have you have you ever ridden in a Tesla? I have a friend who has one. Yeah, me too. Uh, and no, he hasn't let me inside the thing. Oh wow, really? My friend offered to let me drive mine <laughs> or drive really? his. Uh, yeah, you? yeah. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. We'll have to. He took me around the block in it, and it's it's you know it's nice. I gotta say, I was trying to get my dad to buy one because uh, he spends most of his time like driving around the the local area. So I felt like, oh, it's, yeah, it's a nice looking car. Yeah. And you know, he doesn't necessarily go a whole bunch of places that would require long distance. Um, and you know, it's it's efficient and all that stuff. And I I, I thought I thought he might be interested. I haven't been able to sell him yet. But uh, the thing I noted is that their their electronic setup in the Tesla is actually very fancy. It's really nice. Like, it's one of the better car interfaces, even though it does have, like, a big, giant honk and touchscreen, which I'm not a, usually a huge fan of. Yeah. It's got this really gorgeous, large display for doing, like, your, you know, your, your maps and stuff like that. It even has a – I was amused. It's got a web browser that can do multiple, like, windows at once. I'm like, my iPad can't even do that. <laughs> yeah, but – so this is all the benefit of the passenger, right? I mean, because if I'm driving and I'm sure I'm dead, right? Yeah. I mean, no. very elegantly dead, but still sure, dead. yeah. But I mean, I, you know, I agree with you, and I, I prefer physical controls. And it does have like you know stuff on the steering wheel, buttons and stuff that you can actually interact with, so you don't have to mess with the touchscreen. 
but it's also kind of the way things are going, right? Like touchscreens in every yeah. car. And and I don't love it, but I, you know, I, my thinking on it is if Apple can make one that A requires less interaction and B I get less frustrated with cuz it's better designed, that to me is also the good because I don't the worst thing is a touchscreen that not only you have to look at, but you're constantly getting frustrated because you can't figure out how to use it. Yeah, but I I wonder, I mean, well I wonder a few things about this. One, are there people just assigned to follow people at Apple around to see who they have lunch <laughs> with? Because, I mean, it's like, okay, right, somebody met with, with Musk. So, therefore, you know, and we always make this leap right. on the internet, like, therefore, Apple's going to buy Tesla. Well, it's like Hollywood, right? It's like people's like, oh, you know, Steven Spielberg was having lunch with Leonardo DiCaprio at this. They must be working on a movie together, right? Like, you know, it, yeah. it's the gossip industry. And so, you know, we kind of have that culture in tech now. Yeah, but I mean, DiCaprio eats like a pig. So I mean, why else would anybody have lunch with a guy? That's a fair point. You yeah. know, I, but who I, picks I, up the check? I don't know. I, oh, that could be. But uh, I mean, Apple people, on the other hand, have very good manners. So right. um, yeah, so I think you're right that it's maybe Apple's talking about this. Hey, would you like to integrate? But Apple's talking to have been talking to car manufacturers for since the iPod. Right, mm -hmm. to, to build in a connector so you can play the iPod in the car. And they've talked to everybody, so why wouldn't they talk to Tesla? Yes, somehow this is a huge deal and Apple's going to jump on this. And yeah, I think it reminds me of Gene Munster and the whole TV set. <laughs> I mean, let it go. And yet people th think it's going to be, no, they're going to do this. And, you know, things that seem completely insane to me. I don't understand what the rationale is either, because, I mean, yeah, Apple has no experience. Right. Anything in the car industry, I mean, you know, beyond electronics, um, there's no reason why would they want to get into the car industry, right? Like that seems like a total morass, and you're competing against all these established players. Even if you're playing like an upstart like like Tesla, I, I don't understand what you get out of it. I mean, I don't think that falls within the core products that Apple likes making. I think. The only thing to me that really makes sense is trying to just figure out, like, oh, is there a way we can integrate iOS stuff into the car? Because, you know, uh, Teslas are very visible. They're yeah. very high profile. And, like, that would look that would look good. And to add them to their roster of existing car interaction companies. So, I, I but they're not going to make a car. That's just dumb. Yeah, well, and that they did the same thing when the iPod integration first started. The first model they went after was BMW because sure. it made yeah. so much sense for them to do that. And it would make the same kind of sense to do with a Tesla. But, it, but they're already doing it with every other car in the world right you know, mitsubishi and toyota and nissan and everybody so somehow that th this becomes news instead of saying oh they're gonna buy mitsubishi because well, i don't know they need to be in the lawnmower business or something sure motorcycles right right so you know in that apple i don't think wants to become sony and build everything <laughs> And well, there's... that's worked out great for Sony, yeah, by exactly. the way. So, yeah. yeah, well, it was great in the 80s and 90s, but sure, now it's yeah. kind of not so good. Do you think there are companies out there that make sense for Apple to acquire in this sort of way? Or or is it just more of an evolutionary thing that they just kind of keep doing their thing? They buy little companies that bring them interesting technology, but they don't you know, make a big splash acquisition. No, no. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, some of this might have been spurred by there was, a I think, a, a Tim Cook comment in that recent Wall Street Journal interview he did. And he mentioned, you know, hey, if we you know decide tomorrow that we're going to go buy a big high profile company because it makes sense for what we want to do, then we'll do it. We got no problem with doing that. But, you know, right now or, you know, in historically, that hasn't made sense for us because there's nobody that we want to absorb 
like a huge prominent company because we want to be in their business, right? Like, you know, a lot of people for years have talked about them buying like Adobe and it's like, yeah. all right, you know, the, the creative prof professionals are a big market for Apple, but w what are they really served by for buying Adobe? Because there's so much other stuff there that they have no interest in. I mean, it doesn't really make sense. They buy, they buy companies for two reasons. One, for talent, right? And, yeah. and Adobe, well, there are plenty of talented folks there. I don't think there are people there who are doing things that are so talented and like unique that they can't get that either elsewhere or just internally and B for specific technologies. And again, there's nothing I think that Adobe does right now that is such a killer technology for the products Apple wants to make that it makes any sense at all. Yeah. And Apple, if it wants to, can come up with me Too products. It's done that final cut pro. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it bought Aperture, didn't it buy final of. cut pro. Yeah. Thought, right. Yeah. It was acquired and then retooled, right? Like mm -hmm. that's where all their professional stuff came in. And they did that because I feel like at the time, uh, they're, they wanted to keep that market going, and it seemed like if they weren't going to prop it up themselves, you know, it was not going to get done. Yeah, but and, and in that case, they didn't acquire the huge company. Right. Maybe big company. They acquired eMagic, which in the music business was a huge company, but to the rest of the world, it was not a, not sure. a huge deal. So. Okay, so I don't think we can expect Apple is going to buy yeah, Safeway. It makes, it makes good fodder for some really dull, you know, weekend where there's not a lot of other news. And, you know, Apple doesn't release products right now. You know, we're in kind of a lull for Apple products. So, you know, somebody's got to gin up some page views there. So that's that's kind of the way it goes. Good. Well, I'm glad we let off with it then because uh, we can gin up some podcast listeners. All right. All right. Then crush them by saying, no, that's not happening. <laughs> Um. Uh, also, while going through the the world of internet news, I heard, and maybe you can verify this, that internet trolls are actually sadists. So, uh, <laughs> because a study says so, I, we needed a study. Yeah, exactly. And have you been trolled before to the point where like you've been harassed and uh, never? I mean, I, I I don't think I make I'm that prominent a target. Uh, I've certainly been bothered by people. But I wouldn't say I've necessarily been out and out trolled, which I'm, you know, perfectly thankful for. But, uh, you know, I certainly see it every day, right, in both in social media and elsewhere on the web. Like, I mean, the invention of the comment section has pretty much been yeah. <laughs> rich fodder for, for trolls. And, you, I mean, you don't need to spend more than five minutes looking at YouTube or, uh, you know, any sort of mainstream site to see that there's plenty of people out there who seem to really enjoy the idea of just saying things to make people angry yeah you know i actually have been trolled yeah once i threw some guy out of the Macworld forums and uh he was really angry about it and but he was he was a jerk and he then went to amazon and he reviewed one of my books he gave it a horrible review and uh it was clear he hadn't read the thing because he reacted like the next day and i called him on it and uh, and then he flipped around the next day and he issued a glowing review. So he took down his old one and then he flipped around again and, he, and reissued the horrible review. And it was just, it was, you know, the guy's crazy. And I called him. And I just said, look, forget what this guy says. Either way, this is what happened. He's clearly upset about it. Um, then he went and I have a Wikipedia entry and he went in and he edited that to wow. put, put me in the worst possible light. And then there was some Internet forum I was on. um I think it was Dan Lyons site or something. And it was like five years later and he, he got, you know, went after me there too. Oh, they have long memories. Yeah. Yeah. They hold grudges. 
Yeah. And so when I saw this report of like this linking of trolls to satyrs, which I think is a little broad, but still you realize there are people out there who get real pleasure from making other people miserable. And it's, it's, a, very, it's a safe way to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's anonymity, right? Like there is a, um, uh, you know, this idea that like you give a normal person anonymity and you and they just like become a blithering idiot basically because they feel like there's no consequences to yeah. anything they have to say and so you know we're all familiar with that from, from comment sections everywhere um and you know it doesn't really surprise me it's it's disappointing um you know it's one of those things where it's like i, I feel like human nature human nature should be better than that but i'm also not really shocked <laughs> So I I don't know I mean I and, and again like you said I think that as a report that's kind of, of kind of broad but at the same time you know uh, obvious yeah well I do wonder if what this means for for comments and communities I know that because I moderate the Macworld forum section mm. and traffic has gone way down and it's yeah. I don't think it's necessarily because of, of things we've done but I I do think that the whole idea of computer communities has has really dropped off mainly because i think we have so many normal people on the internet now it's not sort of you know the web mm -hmm. for geeks anymore and and then there's sites that have specifically chosen not to do comments like so jerry sure. fireball i think is certainly yeah. is is a big one where john says you know this is my site if you want to comment write your own article and you know stay out of right, my site well, there's all those alternate, you know, sort of places to vent off now, right? Not yeah. only just on your own blog, but on your Twitter stream, on Facebook, on you know Google Plus for the four people who are there. It, it, there's a lot of opportunity, and it's really easy. It's not like anybody's preventing you from voicing your opinion, right? Like I, I know you because I also delve into the forums from time to time. But I know you frequently get the the start people who claim they're being censored oh, and yeah. their comments are removed or banned. It's like I don't think you quite understand what that means. Um, because the point is, you're not. We're not stopping you from saying this. We're just stopping you from saying it on our site, which we are allowed to do because that is our site. I mean, yeah. if you want to go to your site and write an angry screed at us, knock yourselves out. We can't stop you. That is your right. Um, but yeah, we're not censoring you. We're just choosing not to, you know, publish your comments on our site. Um, so yeah, and I think all these alternate venues for people to say, you know, voice their opinions. I think that's taken a lot of the pressure off these online communities. You don't need them as much as you used to because there are so many places that you can go to talk about these things. So, you know, it, it's sad. And I think, I, I, I think, you know, they, they will pers persist for some things. There are a lot of close-knit communities that I think will, will last. Um, but there are a lot of cases where I, I don't think that it should – I don't think every site should need comments anymore. Right. Yeah. I don't think it should be considered mandatory. To me, it's like saying that every newspaper should have a place where somebody can scroll in the margins, like whatever they want, and then everybody else has to read it. Right. That that yeah, never yeah. that was not a model that ever happened. Well, yeah, and I I do think that the the world has has changed in a lot of ways. I mean, I remember when we had a community manager. I mean, that was a mm. job, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I remember, the, yeah, and didn't last very long. But it was sort of like you know, how do we build community? And it, it seemed like another one of those phases where now everybody's got like the uh, the social media manager right so people right, come right. come out of college and they have degrees in social media mm -hmm. and how to throw your stuff on facebook and and manage this somehow so you build this sort of widespread community and i think that will probably go away as well where it just people get bored with it but the whole idea of of creating this little town i think is is so quaint now it, it, it's like the old days of 
of Apple's eWorld. I was just thinking about eWorld because it had the literal, it was literally a town. It had the little icons where it was like different buildings and like it was a cartoony building, right? And you like click on things to go to different parts of it. Oh, I miss it. Good names. Uh, Yeah. Well, and I hate to sound like the the old guy, but I am the old guy. Um, And I belong to a lot of these communities way back in the day, like CompuServe and and some Mm -hmm. of these other services where I I think a lot of the, there still were a a small percentage of trolls because I I think there always are, but not nearly as much as today where anybody can go on YouTube and make an idiotic comment, but rather... People had to know enough to actually get on the service in the first place and mm-hmm. uh, and had something intelligent to say. And I think people were maybe a little more helpful. Yeah. Well, I I think these things go come, like come and go in waves, right? So I, I would not be surprised to see that happen again as so many people enter social media. Um, you know, at some point that will peak and people yeah. will be like, yeah, this is too much. Like it's, it's like drinking from the fire hose, right? It's right, like right. we want to narrow things down again. So. I think that that sort of has an, a wave to it, and maybe we're just approaching, you know, a, on the uphill climb of social media right now. So, yeah, I, I you know, it, it comes and goes. Yeah. Uh, at this point, we're going to take a break and uh, talk about Lynda.com. As I mentioned before, I'm in the enviable position of being a Lynda.com author, and so... Having seen the company's work from inside and out, I can enthusiastically endorse the things it does. For example, while it has a catalog of 2,000 high-quality and engaging video courses with new content added daily, courses have a wide breadth from material appropriate for beginners on up to the pros. It's easy to find what you need, and if you need to brush up on particular creative software or business skills, there's a very good chance you're going to find the courses you desire. Mac users will be particularly interested in the Final Cut Pro 10 Essential Training, iMovie 11 Essential Training, iOS 7, iPhone and iPad Essential Training, Mavericks Essential Training, and my very own iPad Tips and Tricks and Mavericks New Features. What else? You name it. Excel, Photoshop, PowerPoint, Marketing Fundamentals, Management Tips, Videography, Audio Recording, Web Development, App Development, Time Management, and so much more. Plus, you can watch with your computer, tablet, or other mobile device. Now, being on the inside, I can testify without fear of contradiction that lynda.com gets it. They totally get it. They care passionately about the content and the quality of their courses. The video looks great, and it sounds great, and it's been eyeballed 17 ways to Sunday to make sure that it's exactly the kind of content you need for your work and play. Personally, I've been spending a fair amount of time watching Ben Lawn's photography courses as well as delving into the details of Logic Pro 10. Both have helped me enormously. Really, lynda.com's work is outstanding. But you can see for yourself. Visit lynda.com slash macworld and sign up for a free 7-day trial that grants you access to its entire library. If you can manage to go without sleep for those 168 hours of free trial, you can come out the other end of Photoshop, Final Cut Pro, iOS, OS X Expert. Again, that's lynda.com slash macworld to start your free trial. Do it today. So uh, while I was uh, looking around to see what else was happening in the Apple world, uh, there's been a lot of back and forth recently about uh, whether or not Microsoft Office will come to the iPad. And I, I don't know how much you follow this, but there was a story. I mean, this is 
this has been years now in, yeah. in in the making, right? Every few months you hear like, oh, Office is coming. And then someone's like, no, Office isn't coming. <laughs> oh, wait, it is, you know? And and so I, we had a, a round, I think, the, in the last couple of weeks where like, first they were like, no, they've killed the project. And then someone else was like, no, it's not dead. They're just kind of waiting on it. Politics have held it up and whatever. So yeah. given the amount of time that it's taken to produce this product, I guess the question on a lot of people's minds are, is it even necessary anymore? Do we yeah. need Office for the iPad? I think a lot of us don't. Um, Mac users is really what right, I'm talking sure. about. Um, because we, either we're using it grudgingly or we use it and we like it or we're using text editors. I mean, in our business, we never use Word, right, anymore? Uh, back I have like day. once, like, I, yeah, there are certain tasks that we do do um, oh, right. you, yeah. e that, that require Word, like ebooks. But like even that, I think they'd prefer not to if they could get away with it. It just happens to be where the workflow is. But yeah. Yeah. So I think in our case, we don't care that much that, that Office is, is gone. I think that people who are real spreadsheet, serious about spreadsheets, are, are using Excel. I don't think Numbers mm -hmm. is, is there. At least that's what I've sure. heard. I'm not a spreadsheet guy, but that's my understanding. I think people prefer Keynote who have the opportunity to use it. But I do these talks every once in a while about um, the iPad for business. And there are a lot of people there who really want a real version of Office. They don't find that Pages is enough for them, that even though it will accept uh, Office documents and it will also output in a format that, that's compatible with it. And they certainly don't find numbers to be compatible. But a lot of, I think what a lot of people forget is that the majority of iOS users are also using Windows. And to those people, Office still matters a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and there, there's definitely a huge market out there. And I think, you know, if Microsoft goes ahead and releases Office for the iPad, uh, I think it'll do really well. Um, you know, assuming it's a good product, they've had some trouble on the, some of the apps they've produced on the iPhone side have been underwhelming. Um, but it is it is still kind of the lingua franca in many yeah. places, and that is uh, that's a powerful thing. Um, I think I agree with you that it's less so. I I don't ever I've never found myself saying, oh, if only I had Microsoft Office for my iPad, I could do X Y Z. Um, and not that's not because it's I use you know pages or numbers or something so much more. It's just none of those tasks are things that I require Word for on my computer, much less on my iPad. And if I need to do a spreadsheet, most of the time numbers or Google spreadsheets does it for me yeah. because I'm not looking to crunch huge complicated formulas, right? I'm looking to do a budget or, you know, some other little task. Um, and so I can get by with that or I can get by with any number of the huge number of text editors and word processors that exist on iOS. Um, you know, I do most of my writing for Macworld in BB Edit, which is yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not you know, I don't need Office for that. So I, I think it'll be uh, you know, it'll be great when it comes out and people will sort of check it. You know, be like, all right, there's Microsoft Office finally, and they'll like checks a box. But at the same time, you know, you listen to Tim Cook talk about how many businesses use the iPad and the iPhone, and not, people aren't waiting for it, right? They're yeah. not being like, oh, as soon as Microsoft Office comes out, we can deploy this on our in our enterprise institution. No, they're doing it anyways because they want to use the iPad and the iPhone. So uh, if Microsoft's holding out thinking like, oh, we'll make a big splash, I think they may have missed their train. Yeah, I think in this case, it's just ancillary to Office 365. And that's mm -hmm. where it makes sense to me is sure. you've already paid your subscription and say, well, okay, fine. You want Office? Great. Here it is. It's... And I, you know they're not going to give us the, the full version of Excel on there. I don't I don't know how you would manipulate it on a on something like an iPad, and certainly not on your iPhone. Right. 
but give us something because I've been using documents to go for this this kind of stuff and it's it's fine but again it's not very deep and right. uh, it would be great if if Microsoft kind of got off the stick and and decided what that core iPad user really 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 wants and presented it in an elegant way made it just part of the subscription so you've got your you can enter your office 365 username and password bang it just shows up you have access to your online documents and um and then the world will be a brighter place i think <laughs> yay everybody will be so happy and well i mean yeah. it'll let us deal with those people who are like well this can never be a serious device until it has office on it and you can be like oh there it is done <laughs> yeah okay now you've got it. <laughs> those, those, those trolls will go away uh, yeah i'm sure that'll happen uh speaking of office 365 a little inside baseball we're on it now Oh yeah. Do you have any thoughts about it? Um yeah. <laughs> I have very mixed experiences with it so far. We're not using that much of it. I mean, I'm using I guess we switched over on the calendaring side yeah. and on email. Um email has been horrendous for me. Yeah. Um I feel like it might have improved a little bit, but it seems to be so up and down. I can't tell from one day to the next if it's going to be reliable at all. A lot of that, you know, to to put you know, responsibility where it is due. Uh, a lot of that seems to be the interplay between Mavericks Mail and mm -hmm. and Exchange. And I don't know. You use uh, Outlook, right? Yeah, and it works. You know, I, I'm not proud of it, <laughs> but the fact is, it works really well with Outlook. I have Outlook. I have issues with in other cases. Right. The database blows up every so often, and it's a drag to rebuild the thing. But in terms of Office 365, it works. And I I know when you we all switched over. We have our little backroom chat there, and uh, I know Dan Frakes in particular was just tearing his hair out. What's left of it? Yeah, and um, <laughs> sorry, Dan. I sympathize. I sympathize. <laughs> but just having a miserable time with it, and it seemed to be that it's about Mavericks Mail more than necessarily it is about Microsoft's implementation. Yeah, it actually works okay on the iOS side, even like yeah. on my iPad and my iPhone. I don't have too much trouble with it. The biggest problem I have is sometimes like read states don't transfer mm -hmm. um but i think that may be because if i have mail open on one of my macs it's doing stuff in the background and it thinks things are unread and stuff doesn't just like the the flags don't get set correctly between all of these different computers um but uh, yeah i don't know it's it's tough because you need the email to work right it's one yeah. of those things it's like i just count on this every day and it needs to be 100 percent reliable and when it's not it is just frustrating um, so, yeah, I, I've had some trouble, but I, I honestly don't know what to do about it. Well, there's always Office. I mean, there's always Outlook. It's, yeah, I, yeah, I'm okay. No. okay. I'm okay. Well, well yeah, the then, calendaring stuff, too, yeah. Oh, and the calendaring stuff. That's the latest thing that everybody's griping about because, again, Dan Frakes, um, who seems to be digging deeply into this stuff, has been trying to share a calendar for like the last 10 days or my, something. I've, I've accepted so many calendar share requests from him, and I still can't see it in my in BusyCal, which is what I use. Uh, I had been using iCal with our Google Calendar setup and mm -hmm. finally got it to work well, or iCal, calendar. Um, and I switched back to BusyCal because that has better exchange support, apparently. Right. And I just... <laughs> It's just a mess. Um, and it's, again, I don't think it's their fault. I think it's, uh, you know, the Busy Mac folks. I think it's the fault of the way that Exchange deals with calendars. It's just really perplexing. And I don't understand why. You know what I want? And, and I've, maybe I've griped about this before on some podcast or venue or something like that. But I really love the idea of having, I would love a single calendar where I could tag my events. So rather than having to share with someone else, like, 
hey, here's like three different calendars, right? Mm-hmm. Or share with my, you know, girlfriend, like my my calendar and, and having to make like duplicates. Like I have to make duplicates of events sometimes so that she can see them on a calendar. Like, oh, I've got events on this calendar over here that she's not subscribed to. So now I have to copy them to like another calendar that I share with her. So I end up having two copies of the same event on my calendar so that everybody can see them. And it's like, wouldn't it be great if there was just like one calendar that someone could subscribe to or you could like subscribe to certain tags on that calendar or yeah. something. I feel like that makes more sense into the, the way we do calendaring now rather than having like eight different calendars. So maybe that's just the way I would like to use it. And when I go start my startup, that's what I'll do and I'll make a gazillion dollars. <laughs> okay, well I just want to mark this down. Uh, this is 1258 recorded Pacific time on uh, February 18th. <laughs> Uh, anybody comes out with this idea after this, uh, it's mine. I tell you, Dan is going to be all over your butt over this. That's right. It's his idea. Totally. Yeah, I would love to see calendaring work. And <clears throat> partly, what was frustrating for me is that, you know, we heard about this months ago that this was going to happen. Not not that we're going to have problems, but the IT let us know that oh, you know, it's it it integrates beautifully. You know, this is word down from the the top office, and we're all using Google stuff by this point where. We're, you know, and we had a pretty good workflow going with Google, and suddenly, you know, the, the main office says, "No, no, no, we're going to do Office 365 because everybody in here is using it, and that makes sense." Um, but that sort of reassurance, and I, I think I wrote back because I'm cranky and just said, "You know, not really. I, I've been using this stuff for a long time, and I'm telling you, the integration with Mac is not as as wonderful as you may think it is." And this seems to be borne out. Um, but again, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure that we can blame it all on Microsoft. I, I do think there's some problems in with Apple's uh, well, sure. and, and it's not a priority for either of them, right? Like, yeah. well, on the one hand, I'm sure they want their stuff to work interoperably because it means more customers. You know, both of them have their own competing products, right? right. So their priority is always going to be on making sure that those work well because that's what they want to do. Apple wants to have you using iCloud. Microsoft wants you to use Windows. You know, I think that all this stuff is always going to be a second-class citizen to a certain extent, unless you know Microsoft decides to go out of the Windows business or Apple decides to go out of the online services business. Neither of which is likely to happen. So, right, kind of the the reality we're stuck with. Yeah. Well, and the last thing I had um, is the word flappy. Ah, so flappy, like like the nineteen twenties, like flappers. No, 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 flappy, oh, as okay. in the bird. Uh, um, so apparently Apple and Google now are rejecting any apps that just have Flappy in the name because I think they're getting like thousands of them. My new uh, Flappy Cal calendaring system that I just invented is apparently Ooh. not going to not gonna make it. Wow. Well, maybe you could do, develop that for Windows Phone. All right. Good idea. Um, so what do you think? I mean, uh, the whole idea of just saying apparently they're getting so many requests for new apps that have Flappy in the name that they can use that as the broad filter to say, nope. You're rejected out of hand because, you know, maybe if they spell it P-H-L-A-P-P-Y <laughs> or something they could get it. But what do you think of the idea of just, you know, rejecting apps wholesale just because they've chosen to use this particular theme? I, You know, that's a tough call because on the one hand, it's a private marketplace, right? Yeah, like, They can do whatever they want, right? They can, they can do this. It's within their rights. Um, and, you know... If you've been working for the last three years, like concocting your brilliant application, and Flappy is an integral part of that name, and it just you just happen to get caught at the wrong side, the wrong time, you know, well, tough luck, right? Like that's kind of how it goes. They've they've certainly rejected things for <laughs> uh, less substantial reasons, right? Uh, you know, I I don't know, I I didn't really get into the whole Flappy Bird thing, but I also think that there's a concern for the you know. 
if you are going to have a bunch of people who are basically just releasing clones or me too apps, you know, that are don't add anything, don't do anything or basically just rip offs of this guy's game, uh, then, you know, maybe that's an easy way to filter for that. Even if it's not particularly fine tuned, I don't know. What do you think? Well, you know, I think about it being some other kind of emporium or a supermarket basically. And the supermarket saying, you know, we're not going to take any cereal that has, sugar in the name and um i'm not really a free market guy so much but it does seem like kind of a big hammer to use on on a problem like this where yes it's going to discourage certain things but you know as the owner of this this thing i i would think that i get to call it what i want to call it um if unless you know, obviously, it's used to try to trick people, and I and I do right. think there are plenty of apps on the App Store now that are already doing that. So to sure, apply it absolutely. in this instance when it's not applied elsewhere, or at least not you know implement, say, okay, Flappy's out, and by the way, we're going to sift through the other trillion apps we have and see if we can weed out some of these other things that are clearly designed only to get you to buy them, thinking that they're something else. Right, and that's a real problem. I mean, that's that's widespread on both the Google and Apple stores. There's yeah. just so many things where it's like uh, an app that pretends to be something else. Somebody was talking about this recently. I can't recall where, but, you know, the idea that if you stick – you can stick other stuff after an app name mm-hmm. on the App Store. And so, like, you could, you know, have, like, your, your app called, like, Office, but not really Office for right. the iPhone. You know, like, something like that where it's like – you know, hey, uh, that is clearly there, as you're saying, to deceive people and to get them to think that it's something that it isn't. Uh, but is the solution to that to block everything with Office in the name? That seems a little bit like overkill. But I'm sure it's, you know, a matter of somebody like zealously thinking like, oh, this will just be an easy way because what possible legitimate apps could be coming through with Flappy in them? And the answer is probably not a ton. Yeah. But there's probably some. And, you know, it's tough to cast a wide net like that, I think. Yeah. No, I, I do too. And uh, I mean, woe to the poor developer who had no idea this was happening like three right. weeks ago, who's already got it embedded in their code and suddenly going, uh, yeah. I mean, it's well, unlikely, but still. Sure, but it's possible. So, I mean, like, but let's say that you had ultimate power in the App Store. And are, are there any things that you would put on your list of, I don't want, I'm going to block any app submitted with X in the name? Well, I think Apple's already done that uh, with Fart. I think all those apps are probably gone now. That was going to be number one on my list. I think it has and, to, be, right? Yeah, maybe maybe I'm a maybe I'm just a conservative person when it comes to that, but I, I really don't I don't think it's, I don't think you're doing much there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the innovation the innovation has been done in that arena. Yeah, and I think that's kind of over and done. But I'm trying to think what else. God, flashlight maybe, but that's kind of old too because that was a big thing when you could turn your iOS device into a flashlight. Right, when it didn't have a flashlight built in, which they right. now all do, so... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know that... It, I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of a broad swath. It's like it's like being a bookstore, right? And saying, like, we're not gonna we're not gonna carry any books that have Flappy in the title or something like that, right? Yeah. So, I think you could try it. I think you might have a hard time convincing people that that's in their best interest, but you know, it's not, an, it's not a perfect analogy. There's uh, lots of different differences between your, your bookstore and your, your app store. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was actually going to try to introduce a new feature called, um, what are people head up about on Twitter today? 
<laughs> just because I think it's so amusing to see sort of these waves of outrage or enthusiasm or something drift through Twitter and I'm looking at my Twitter feed and there's just nothing going on as far as yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a couple small things I've seen, but like, I, again, I feel like the stuff that people are, I'm reading people are actually upset about are like things that people should legitimately be upset about. So yeah, yeah on that and that side of things, I feel like, well, you know, that's, that's probably for the best. There is definitely, uh, there are definitely some topics that should be, you know, people should be annoyed about, but yeah. I don't see anything that's like, yeah, that that's ridiculous. I'm really upset that my cupcake doesn't have enough frosting on it or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that feature is going to have to be held for another day. I'm, it is I'm sure we can come up with something. Yeah, it's it's shortly after President's Day, so this is kind of you know low traffic in terms of technology happening. I think people are still extending their weekends, and so they're they're not extending their outrage so far. This is so, like a it's a vacation week for some for some schools too. I think. Oh. So, okay. so I think maybe that's a. It's toning things down a bit. Okay, well, I depend on schools for my uh, and uh, and the students who go to them for my daily dose of outrage. So, kids, when you get back, if you could uh, try to find stuff that's uh, that's not worth getting upset about to get upset about, I'd appreciate it so we can fill that particular portion of our podcast. That'd be great. Yeah, thanks. Um, and I think that's enough. That's plenty. And so uh, I, I've heard enough out of myself. I, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I've yeah, I've talked way too much. So um, that wraps up this episode of the Macro Podcast brought to you once again by Lynda.com. Learn Apple software, the latest technologies, creative skills and more from easy to follow video tutorials at Lynda.com slash Macworld. And uh, I occasionally do videos for Lynda.com. So even a better reason to go there. Well, thanks, Chris. All right. Thanks very much, Dan.